0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Adel and Marcy Unplugged. I'm your host with the most, as always, Adel and Marcy. Today we're sponsored by purelyhosting.com forward slash They run our business shared hosting program. Also, we have uh, we're also sponsored by PrintingMoney.com, which our guest today, Mitch Sanders, and trust me, we're gonna have to go into so many crazy stories about this guy and uh, just crazy shit in general. But before I do anything, Mitch, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do because there's no way I can promote you better than you can yourself right now. So floor's <laughs> yours, buddy. Tell us about yourself.
1: Awesome. That's it's really funny you say that because I actually like hate talking about myself like I I had a meeting today um with a potential client and um as we were sitting down it was at a cafe and as we were sitting down um the the owner of the cafe knew me he's like oh where have you been what's going on and he um he goes oh yeah I haven't seen you for ages and I go well you've just been at at my shop he's like oh what's your shop and I just tell people that I'd build race cars because I don't know I, I find that as soon as you say that you've been able to make money online or, or build an online business, people just kind of start drooling and uh, their eyes widen and they don't leave you alone for a few hours. <laughs> so to ask me to kind of tell you how great I am, um, I'm really, really good. That's that's how great I am.
0: That's, that's a good thing to have. See, I love the fact that you go with I own a car shop. I always go with crackhead.
1: Yeah, but that, then um, I'm trying to maintain some kind of social connection with the people that i'm sitting down with
0: that's true Um, yeah you actually you actually like people that's the difference
1: yeah absolutely i i definitely i kind of like to think of myself as a as a bit of a spy like you know watching james bond movies and stuff and really it's whatever mood i'm in and i'm sure being a copywriter um you you kind of the same so one day you might be um a nuclear physicist and, and the next day you're you're just kind of like some, some dude that like sells books at a bookstore and like, I just play with it whenever I meet people and I always like come clean and say, well, I'm not really that this is what I do, but it's always fun to just see how much you can, you know, kind of bluff your way into like getting people to think. Uh, You know what I mean?
0: Oh dude, I do that. I do that all the time. Uh, One of my ex-girlfriends found this out um, when, uh, well, she became my girlfriend, but this is when we were just like, we were hanging out as friends. Um, there's a, like, have you ever seen, or you've seen James Bond Skyfall, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Right, you know the scene where James comes back to London and there's that beautiful pan shot of, like, all of London from a rooftop? Yep. Right. That building isn't too far away from me. Except for it's a, oh, well. gov- it's a government-owned building. It's, like, really hard to get into that. So, yep. we're doing this, we're, we're doing the Sherlock Holmes hunt, which is from the TV show, not the book, but it's, like, the TV show, the BBC show of it. Uh, and yeah. we're doing this hunt around London, and we've got managed to go to every single location from the show that's in London, except for this roof, because they use the roof as well. So we find this place, we go up, like, we go there, and this girl's just chilling with me. She's just looking at me like, I've known you for years, there's no way we can get in on this. So I just basically start bluffing. bluffing. I start bluffing. I blu- I bluffed our way into a meeting with the uh, with the managing director. That runs all, well, the manager that runs all the um, events that day and if yep. we can get on the roof and then got him to take a photo for me and her. Oh, wow. Yeah, and she, the entire time, like, it's that moment that you keep that confidence and then yeah. as soon as we walked out that building, took a corner where I knew I wouldn't be had. you
1: officially a con man in that moment. Pretty much. I, I, I burst out laughing. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe that just worked. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's like, um, I've watched a lot of movies like that. And I didn't realize that the term con man came from confidence man. Yeah. Um, until I think I was watching suits. Yeah. And I was like, how did I not know that? It's like so simple. Pretty much. Um, suits is Um, but fucking that's awful, exactly though. what it is. Like the amount of times I've got lots of stories like that I can share and some cool little tactics that you can use in traveling that I'll share in a minute. But before we kind of go any further, I should probably plug myself a little better than,
0: yeah, like, I, I think I, you should.
1: <laughs> and that sort of stuff. Um, So the the short version is, I'm kind of reading this off the paper. This is how much I hate doing this myself. Um, I've personally been responsible for about $20 million USD in sales over the last three or four years um, in one of my companies, which was a hosting company um, servicing 120,000 customers in 100 plus countries across um, all different uh, digital publishing software and and hosting businesses. Um, I've also built a couple of different pieces of software that I've sold on webinars and sold almost $4 million in, um, in software and webinars alone. Um, and I've sent about half a billion emails in the last 10 years or so across hundreds of different verticals and done a lot of consulting for big SEO companies and, and fortune, fortune 500, I can't really say fortune 100 but fortune 500 companies in the States. Um, and I'm kind of semi-retired now. I I've, I've spent a lot of time focusing on my race, racing career and um, and just really enjoying that because um, I ended up selling the hosting company to a venture capitalist in 2014. Right. Um, so that's kind of like <laughs> the overview of me. Um, my skills kind of are very, very broad. I took that company from, I think, 50 grand investment that I invested myself um, and took it to $8 million in its first year. and. Um sort of from one staff member to twenty eight staff from all around the world. I've never met any of the staff that worked for me which is a pretty crazy thing to say and um, yeah that's pretty much it so yeah I've had a, a pretty crazy crazy journey um, keeping in mind that I've just told you all about my business achievements so I should should have probably led with that I started um I started the internet marketing journey in about two thousand and eight and spent almost 11 months in 2009 living in my car and um, I just didn't have the money to be able to afford somewhere to live. But um, I hustled and worked hard and traveled overseas on credit cards and um, to, to marketing events and, and pushed through and um, it definitely paid off. I now, um, I'm now i now very grateful and, and fortunate to be able to live the life that I live and to be able to do things like race cars two three times a month um, and, and compete against some of the best drivers in, in Australia. And, and I'm intending to compete in, in um, World Series and against some of the world's best. So, yeah, very, very honored and humbled to, um, to have been able to go through all of that.
0: That is pretty fucking awesome. Dude, you have to talk about some of this stuff because like, I, I kind of have this feeling where nearly everyone, not everyone, but most people I know, they've achieved like some level of great success in their life have been either homeless or close to it. I don't know what that is. Uh, I think it's just a drive. I think you need to experience that pain in order to go never again.
1: Absolutely. And um, I think it's like... I'm just collecting my thoughts. Yeah. I, I feel that you have to go that low and basically... Like, for me... And I do, I speak to a coach every week and I have done for the last seven years and I really stress the point of um, it's always good to have someone to help guide you and and give you direction in areas that you're not always most competent in. And like part of challenges that I'm going through because I've made a lot of money and, and I'm, I'm doing very well for myself, but I'm still human. I still have challenges like everyone else does. And I'm far, far from perfect. Um, and one thing that, that common thread of entrepreneurs have is the submission and the submission of like shit is so fucking hard and you've just got nothing like living in your car. Like I got to the point where I had a a loaf of bread and a jar of peanut butter and and a jar of jam or jelly um, behind my seat at all times. So if I didn't have money one week, I'd still be able to eat for two or three days. And I think, when you get to the point where, and I went through a massive level of shedding layers of ego. So shedding layers of who I am. Like I used to have to always be dressed up, always be shaven, always have a perfect haircut and I wouldn't be able to leave the house at that point. And then a couple of years later, like sometimes I don't brush my hair for like a day or two and I have like reasonably long hair and I just generally don't give a fuck about appearance. And I'm sure we- many of you have seen on um, on facebook those things that get shared around where um obama and mark zuckerberg and um steve jobs they all wear the same thing like every single day and the reason they do that is because it's their life mission is so important to them that using decision energy to choose how you look in the mirror is so fucking minuscule to them and their mission that it's easier to, just to buy 10 pairs of jeans, 10 pairs of, pairs of shirts, and 10 pairs of underwear, and they just keep rotating them. So um, that's kind of another tangent to go on as well. We're all given the same, especially men, are given the same amount of decision energy every single day. And that's why by about 2, 3 o'clock, most people are quite fatigued, um, and we make bad decisions in the afternoon. Like the age-old saying always goes, if you need to go to court to be judged by a judge, try and get in at 9 a.m., be the first person that judge judges because by the end of the day, he's frustrated, tired, and probably over it that he's going to be making decisions that are quite poor and it affects your life. So I can't even remember why I started talking about decisions and, oh yeah, the submission side of things that entrepreneurs go through is, is kind of where we got there, but yeah, quite phenomenal that it is such a common theme like um, with Elon Musk, he like, Built, built PayPal up and then did a massive cash out and then invested like every cent he had into like SpaceX and Tesla and had the story goes that he had to borrow money for rent. Like he basically put himself at broke again. Um, although he had some pretty fucking amazing investments, you know?
0: Yeah. Pretty um,
1: much. but yeah, it, it, it's definitely a common theme. And I'm sure in all those people you've spoken to on your, on your podcast, um, you, you probably see it a lot with, with, with different entrepreneurs and, and business people that you've spoken to.
0: Yeah, massively. I mean, it's been insane what you see, uh, especially like patterns. Again, that's the thing. Everything kind of has a pattern of what people do. Um, and it's absolutely amazing because just going back to the whole uh, decision thing, I did that, by the way, for about six months uh, where I dressed the same way. Now, there is one inherent problem with that. Yeah, uh, you got to dress for the seasons. Well, it's two really. One, you're in England, so you have to dress for the seasons, and two, yeah. <laughs> and two, you can't wear black if you have a cat because holy shit, yeah. you walk, especially one like with my my cat's color. That shit just like goes on your clothes, and like if you're in a black top, you get like white white marks all over you, and it's cat hat, and you're like, what am I doing? What what's wrong with my life right now? Is <laughs> just- yeah,
1: absolutely. I I have two Pomeranians that are both cream colored, and um i often like talking about not really giving a fuck i like regularly wash my clothes like most of the world does but even when i wash my clothes i get them out of the wash and i shake them for five minutes like a shirt for instance that's black and it has like hair intertwined with it woven within the cotton yeah that you like really can't get out because this is it's probably like i don't know four or five inches so about 15 centimeters of hair like long each of these strands are so it always looks like i've been sleeping like in the kennel with the dogs <laughs> and um, like my my girlfriend even like would say things like we'll go at her we'll go to her house we'll be having breakfast and she'll lift her fork up but like, this is in a different fucking house that's like a 30 minute drive from here she'll lift her fork up and there'll be a, a bit of dog hair like hanging off it <laughs> and, we, and we're like how the fuck does that happen? Oh, yeah. How is that even possible? So I definitely know what you mean about wearing black and and having animals. <laughs> oh, it's, it's
0: not a smart idea. But yeah, so what ended up happening was like I did that whole thing for a while. And I got like to this point where my productivity went up. But then I realized I'm a being that is terrible at focus from time to time. Like if I'm, if I'm on point with something, it's like focus is right there. But no matter what I do, it's... Sometimes it's one of those things where you just start working and I'm like, alright I've got work to do or I can yeah. play on my Xbox I'll, <laughs> do, I'll do half an hour of Xbox time first so I'll, I'll eat the dessert first that's my thing I'll eat the de- dessert first and then four hours later go oh, that was a bad move what am I doing with my life it's just it's just this pattern but I've actually got to the point where I've understood what it is and I'm like, alright, I know, I know how to deal with this now but dear God, those are some funny times. When like your best friend's like, uh, "Dude, we we need to uh, hand this in today." I'm like, "Oh, okay, I'll be done in an hour." <laughs> it's the joys of being a copywriter. It's like you just look at it and go, "Why couldn't I go ahead and like do this the day they paid me in one hour?" No, I had to wait like a whole like three weeks until the deadline.
1: I hate you. Buddy. Um, and dude, like I totally get it. Like being. I'm much more creative now than, than I was when I was running my company because I was very much like hustle, 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 focus, focus, focus. And with creative energy, it's oh, like, fuck, I could talk about this for hours. <laughs> to be able to write, and I'm not a writer, but to be able to write for me, I generally, if I want to write something, I have to like kind of plan for it in like two weeks. And I have to like go spend some time riding my, my push bike. I have to, like, go to the gym. I have to do all of these, like, things in between to build up the creative energy to be able to do it. And um, at first, I never really understood that because I've always had designers and, um, like, coders and people working for me, and I'd be like, set a deadline, like, 60 days out, and they're like, oh, I'm only starting it, like, a week before, and I'd lose my shit at them. And I never used to understand the process, but the creative process is... It's not one that likes to be controlled. It's kind of like a prepubescent teenage girl um, that has her period, but she's prepubescent and you can't tell her what to do and you can't force her to do anything. She's just like going to scream at you whether you look at her or say something to her, you know what I mean? Creative energy is so so uncontrollable and and kind of unpredictable. I I think the word you're looking for is bitchy.
0: Yeah, it, it is. It is like the worst thing ever. It's like as soon as you get to that point, it's almost like, why couldn't you just play with me to start with and just get here? <laughs> no, you had to be an asshole the entire time. God damn it. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I, I, I remember t- trying to explain this to my mom. She's like, Adil, why don't you do this with your life? I'm like, mom, I can't do that. Why? It's because I don't play well with others. She's like, what do you mean you don't play well with, with, well with others? You like people. I'm like, Yes but I can't play well with others in an office environment. She goes, why not? I was like, because they have deadlines that don't fit my timeline. She goes, what does that mean? It means that I could wake up 2 o'clock in the morning, write the ad, and go to sleep again. And she goes, oh.
1: Like, that, that happens. Like I remember one of the best offers that I built um, a few years ago. I was asleep. Sorry to cut you off. Oh, I'll be dude, really I'll let you Um, I, I was like fully asleep. I'd been sleeping for three hours. I woke up. And I just got this feeling to go to my desk and I kind of typed, I don't know, 2000 words and it was like from top to bottom, it was a full offer. And then I went straight back to sleep and it was almost like I was a zombie kind of observing what happened. Um, And it was a really, really killer offer that did really well. Um, And it all came out of like, just, Oh, got this thing better go. um, Better go, better go get it out. And I did. And, and it, Yeah, it did really well. I'm sure you can relate to that Or yeah. I've had many experiences where it just it comes through you and you've got no control.
0: Oh, you got to take it when you take it. But here's the thing, though. Mine usually come at the, at the weirdest times ever, which is why I always keep a phone on I me. Mean, people think it's because like, I like playing Candy Crush and shit in the bathroom. I, I, <laughs> granted, I do like playing Candy Crush when I'm in the bathroom. That's just what I do. But i got to tell yeah. you, the one of the craziest feelings ever is When you're in, that's like where I get all my ideas. Either that or in the shower. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I think it's because, like, as men, it's predominantly a male thing. By the way, um, it is. I don't know what it is about guys in toilets. We just tend to like them, especially if it's our own. We just sit there for like an hour. It's like we're done in ten minutes. Hmm.
1: Well, the shower, yeah,
0: I I completely agree. It's like, we'll be done, like, if you're on the bathroom, it's like 10 minutes. If you're in the shower, it's like three minutes and you're done, but then you spend the rest of the time there just like, I'm enjoying this. And then you get like some crazy good idea, you're like, I need to write this down somewhere. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you don't, you'll just you'll just you'll you won't do it. You'll be like, "What am I doing? Where's my life going?" I do that all the time. Um, my mom hates me for it because, uh, like, the last place I lived before I moved to London had two bathrooms, and my mom was like, "Oh, so there's a guest bathroom and there's your bathroom." I was like, "Yeah, pretty much how it works." Why? Because I, I can spend all my time by myself in that <laughs> humanity. Yay! But back to the whole thing about like uh, creative energies and stuff. It really is like um, a, pu- pre-pubescent, a prepubescent uh, teen female that's just get either just on her period or getting her period for the first time and not knowing what the shit's going <laughs> on and she's ready to kill you. It, yeah, it's, absolutely. Or, or my other favorite thing is uh, a gremlin that's been fed after midnight. That's essentially yep. what it is. It, it's like an evil monster, but it's so powerful. And you're like, <laughs> I have to be friends with you. The, to be fair, the way I put mine is I go. My creativity's a bully. What do you mean? I Mean in the sense of like it wants to when it wants to hang out, you have no choice but to hang out with it. But when you want to hang yep. out with it, it's like fuck off. <laughs> just, just fuck off. Go do something else. I'm sleeping. <laughs> I fucking hate you. <laughs> no, nah, anyway, but um, like kind of jumping off that, you mentioned this a couple of times. Like you, you race now. Like um, so how did you get into the, that kind of thing? Because like that's completely. Well, I know we all have our different passions, like me playing ukulele and a few different things, but like and doing jujitsu. But like, how did you get into racing? Like, what was the driving force there?
1: Well, that's that's a cute pun you got there. What was the driving force? I didn't even um,
0: fucking realize that.
1: Yes, wind. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's funny. The reason I point that out is like I think puns hilarious, but my my business coach is very very intelligent. Mm-hmm. Um, like he was at one point in time. The third or fourth fastest speed reader in the world, and did competitions, and he, he could he could do things like you go you give him a book, he reads it in like two minutes, and then you're like on page seventy three, paragraph three, um, word four, what is it? And he'd read you the whole sentence, wow. like so fucking highly intelligent. Um, so he gets so frustrated when um when I say puns because he's like puns are like what stupid people use to like create. Really good jokes, but they're not good jokes because they're so shit. So I, I always try and point them out just to to troll him. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: was like, "Wait, is he just insulting me? Does he not know I make, I make people laugh." No, I'm kidding. I don't. I don't really think I'm actually funny. I just tell really stupid stories that people find hilarious.
1: Absolutely. F,
0: AKA dick jokes
1: always seem to yeah. <laughs> But yeah, coming back to what what got me started on driving, well, um. When I had my company, I was working probably 15, 16 hours a day, most days. Um, I systemized and ran the company really, really well, but I always wanted to like take it to that next level and grow up more and do more. And that's where my kind of addiction to work started and never really ended. And it got to the point where like I'd travel all the time, but I'd never actually get to see or do anything that I was enjoying. I was like just so addicted to work. And I had a girlfriend at the time, um, now an ex-girlfriend. And um we we went all over the world during that time when I ran that company. But I never actually got to have fun. I never did anything that was fun. And it wasn't until I was kinda of talking to my coach that um I just knocked something down. It wasn't until I was talking to my coach and, and he's like, Dude, you never have, you never actually do anything fun and I'm like, Oh yeah, I went to this thing and that thing and I Went to the movies the other day, I'm like, and he says to me, you're not actually enjoying your life. You've made a lot of money. You um, have all the freedom in the world. You've got the ability to literally travel anywhere, but you don't enjoy yourself. And I'm like, fuck. Hard
0: truth. You couldn't, truth.
1: Have, you couldn't come at me any, with all, any more truth. And, um, yeah, it took me a few days to kind of come back and realize and kind of go, yeah, well." I don't actually have that much fun, and I'm I'm in one of the one of the best and luckiest positions in the world. And it was at that point I went, well, what what do I actually enjoy? And I had to kind of think back because I, I was just so in in um entrenched in like making making a lot of money and building a life for myself and making sure that I was financially free and all of that, you know, rah rah bullshit you learn from all the seminars and. MLM company conventions and all of that stuff that I didn't actually get to the point where I got to actually enjoy myself. So I ended up thinking hard for a few days and realized that I really enjoyed cars. And one of the things that I, that made me want to uh, work hard in business was so that I could um, work on cars or, or go and drive cars and race cars and that sort of thing. And he's like, "Oh, well, what, what kind of racing would you do? And I said, well, this is back like, my only knowledge of drifting was um like Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. Yeah. Where they're like sideways around these car parks in <laughs> Japan. And, and I'm like, that looks pretty fun. I, I wonder if that's easy. Now, th- it's almost three years. In October, it's been three years since I've been driving, drifting. Um, I now do competitions. The last two comps that I did this year – um, the competition's only started in June, so I've done June and July. I've come 10th out of 32. Wow. Um, but I'm driving it. Guys that are eight, eight, maybe even 10, 12 years have been driving like this, have been you know, committed to, to being the best that they can be in this sport. So although I'm not like top five, which is like my ego wants to be there really bad, I'm still doing really well. I'm in the top 30% percentile of of the um not all of australia but of like the the state of new south wales and there's a few people in, in the state that come and drive so that's that's, that's kind of where it awesome. started and it, pardon that's pretty fucking awesome yeah it is it certainly is that's where it all started and it's kind of grown from like i had one car and then i was like oh i want to get two cars and then I'm like, oh well, I want to build a car. <laughs> anyway, at the right at this current moment, I had five cars, um, wow. and yeah, three of them, three of them are drift cars. Sorry, five cars or six cars? Three, yeah, six cars. Um, three of them are drift cars. One's a, a circuit car, so it's designed for grip. Uh, one's just like a four-wheel drive. And um, another one's um, another one that's designed for grip, and um, and I've got another one in the shop that I'm building. I've got engines like in the shop, and and when I say the shop, like that's what I was saying before this call when we um, which we got to talk about as well. This yeah, is like dude, one and a half months that we've been trying to do this this interview for various reasons, but I I said to you before that I was at the shop. And I call it a shop, but really it's just. My work workspace that has um, my cars in it and my tools, and I work on my tiles myself. And um, just again with the whole um, the whole creative energy, I ever since I got my workspace, my workshop space, probably I think three months ago, and I now have a place that I can work on my car. I actually find I'm more creative. Yep. 'Cause I spend less time sitting at a desk or using a computer and actually working with my hands. And what, what I find that happens, um, one of the reasons why it took us like one and a half months to get on um on a call is I was lifting something at the shop and I, I bulged a disc in my back and I was like in bed for two weeks and I got like I'm not the kind of person that gets depression but I had depression <laughs> like I, I, I was in bed and so miserable because all I wanted to do was go and like work on my car more and <laughs> you know mm. just go and like work with my hands but I could barely walk and um yeah so it wasn't exactly the best experience but um it's definitely made me more conscious about how I how and what I lift um now so
0: That's actually a good thing. I mean, there was some good that came out of it. Well, I actually find it hilarious, by the way, for the people going, really, a month and a half? It's actually been longer, okay? So I've been trying to get Mitch on this podcast for about five or six months, but like every time he's been either busy or I've been busy or not been able to, but Mitch has definitely been on my mind as a guy that I want on my podcast for like a really long time. Eventually, I I message him, like, hey Mitch, it's been a while, dude, hope everything's well, because I look through like the... I looked through our messages that the last time I spoke to him was like 2009 or 2011 or whatever it was. It was a really long time ago. I was like, I'm not spoken to this guy in ages. i messaged him. Hey, man, how you been? Blah, blah, blah. How's this conversation? By the way, would love to have you as a guest on my podcast. Would you be open to it? He's like, fuck yeah. Would definitely love to. Send me a link to one of your podcasts. Let me have a listen. Send him a link. I, I don't know if you've listened to anybody. I assume he did. Um, yeah. And then he just gets back to him and goes, yeah, yeah, this would be actually a lot of fun. Let's do it. I'm like, great. We're going back and forth, like messaging each other, going, "All right, let's find a time. Let's find a time. Let's find a time." We arrange two or three times. Mitch gets injured. I'm injured. Mitch yeah. gets injured. I can't make the call because of like something's come up with family. Something. Yes. Yeah, so ha- ha- like, it, like,
1: it was like two for like the last two weeks. It was like, um, <laughs> yeah, this come up. It, it was a client, a client issue came up. I can't remember what it was, but it was like one of their servers or one of their campaigns went down and. I was just scrambling.
0: Yeah, it was was that I
1: I don't really have staff anymore because they shit me. Um, (laughs) So I I just like, and I don't take on a lot of work, but I just do most of the stuff myself. And then like two days ago, was it two days ago?
0: Yeah, two days ago. Like we were supposed to, we were set to have this conversation uh, two days ago.
1: Yeah, and it was like, we were set for I think like four o'clock. And I was had the dish. No, it was five. Was it five, five o'clock. It
0: was five o'clock. Yeah, it was five o'clock because yeah. it was eight a.m. my time.
1: Yeah, I was like, yeah, the the dishwasher needed repairing, and the guy was supposed to be here between three and four, and he got there at five o one. Yeah, and I'm like sitting sitting here, and I'm like, yeah, we could probably do the call, and I hear bang, crash, whack.
0: Yeah, that's not <laughs> going to happen at all. Uh-huh.
1: So I'd be like, well, if we do it. If we kind of squeeze it in, it's going to be really rushed because, like, you had to go to the dentist.
0: Yeah, that, that was fun. Um, cause I,
1: got and, um, I just felt like some, like, pathological liar or something. So I took a photo and sent it to you of this, um, this nice Indian guy, like, with the dishwasher on its side. Because, like, it's literally been six or seven attempts, and that's, yeah. that's even more effort for it, me. It, it's kind of hilarious, like, how many times. But it's not always, like, just to
0: clarify, This it's not always just Mitch that's doing this. It's, like, me as well. Like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah, we've got this call doing, Dude, can we reschedule? Why? I've, I can't. I've lost my voice. <laughs> so this podcast is going to be shit. All right, let's reschedule yep. for another day. Reschedule. Uh, dude, I hurt my back. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's reschedule. How's your back feeling? Pretty good. Let's get on a call. All right, great. Dude, I'm in hospital. What happened? Some asshole at the gym popped my arm. <laughs> Shit. Okay. And this is literally like the convergence of like weeks and months of planning, by the way, so right now. I think what really like knocked it on the head was the fact that we managed to get on a call uh, to discuss some business stuff, and at the um, end of it I just started just telling cuz I I mean, I'm transparent in who I am and everything that I do. I just started busting out jokes halfway through um, this very "quote-unquote" serious business call. Which, by the way, I'll tell you right now, it's with Mitch. It's always a good laugh. You'll, you'll get one or two laughs in, at a minimum. <laughs> so I'm sitting there and we're laughing, and you're like, "Do you seriously do this on your podcast?" I'm like, "Yeah." Okay, he goes, "All right, like, right, fuck it. I don't care. We're gonna find a day. Let's do this. I don't care. We have to get what time." <laughs> This is fucking crazy because like right now it's 7.25 in the morning and I've spent the last three days not sleeping very well because of um, work and client shit. So I'm like, oh, yeah. I, finally got to, I, I finally got to sleep last night around 11.30 like in the evening. I got, oh, and then
1: you should probably tell them like, to top it off that we scheduled an hour. Like You, you put in your calendar today an hour earlier than...
0: Yeah, because that,
1: <laughs> that was a weird thing because like,
0: I got the schedule because I was like, all right, 7 a.m., that's good. And then I got an- another email saying it was 6 a.m. I was like, all right, just set both just in case. Just get up and do whatever just in case because you don't want to miss this. So you get up an hour late. And it's like, hey, Mitch, we're supposed to be on a podcast. Yeah, an hour ago. Shit. So I was like, all right, just, just get up an hour early, see what's up. So after this podcast, I'm going to do some reading, and then I'm going to go back to sleep for like an hour and a half because yep. that's the joys of being a creative. You can literally have power naps. AKA more sleep yep. um, and call it work, which is brilliant. But kind of like jumping off because there is something that you did uh, that I really want to like dive into because you have like a million and one stories about
1: traveling because you travel so often. Um, yeah, what, that what is, reminds me like talking about like the confidence man. Yeah. Um, going back to like that. one of the best things you can do, and I guess I learned this from, from doing a bit of like pickup and dating stuff before I started in the internet marketing world is. Um, especially as a man, like if you, if you're traveling and there's like a a fast line and a short line at the airport, if you put your chest, your shoulders back and chest up and just walk, and even if there's someone there and just walk, don't look at them, just walk past them as if you're supposed to be there. They, um, they generally don't stop you. Like, I mean, one in 10, they assume that you're walking with such intention straight past them that they're like, oh, well he obviously has... Is obviously supposed to be here, so um, yeah, we, we, we don't need to stop him or check his passport or anything. Um, and that same thing sort of works with um, with like going into this. Is back like when I didn't have any status with any airlines or anything, I um, I used to go to all of the lounges by doing the same thing. Um, there's kind of two ways to get into a lounge, even if you don't have. Uh, a card, and one is if if you are quite um quite talkative and friendly, and like the opposite sex, and you're man, um, flirting with the the girls on the front desk and talking them for like ten minutes, and then before they actually get to ask you, you kind of say something like, you know what, I- I'm actually taking your time now. I should probably go. I've got calls to make, and you just walk in, and they forget to actually ask you <laughs> for for your status card. Uh, the other one again is like the the shoulders back um, standing up straight and just walking without even looking at them you just walk straight in um, yeah so that there's some of the cool little little things that um that I've found with traveling and um, yeah there's well I, I could again talk for many hours about travel alone um, in you
0: the, travel I, it. Traveling is fun and I miss doing it. It's planning, I'm like plan to do soon after I get my passport back. But there is one caveat. I want to try this thing, but I'm going to do it in a country where I won't get shot. Because let's be honest, yeah, uh, if I walk totally. into a lounge like that, why is that brown guy so confident? He has a bag. Get him. Just like, shit. <laughs> Again. No, it's just a laptop, guys. There's nothing on there. Just, Just lots and lots of videos about business. <laughs> and occasional cat videos because yeah, you know, why not you need you need some cat videos in your life
1: I'm, I'm really not a cat person but i enjoy the occasional cat video like there was one that i shared the other day about like cats spewing to like dance music oh my god that sounds amazing i have to see this video um did you see that one it was like i'll get i'll get you to put the the link below below the podcast because people will be like what yeah cats spewing but cat, like when they go, uh, 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 and the music's like they're doing that to the beat, oh, and they kind of look. I did see that. That was hilarious. Oh, so good,
0: so good. See, that's the thing though. I'm usually a dog person. Like a lot of people won't peg this, but I actually love dogs more than cats, except yeah. for my cat. And like, like I, had, I, I was talking to Alex Sharfman about this. and Alex was like, oh, Adol's a cat person. I was like, no, he's definitely more dog. And he's like, all cat people say that. I'm like, no, no, this one is. He he goes um, paddle boarding with me. He swims. Yep. He plays fetch. He likes going on walks. He sits next to you the entire time. And he's very talkative. All traits of a dog. <laughs> Plus, he is a complete traitorous cat whore of attention. Like, if a female <laughs> walks in, he will sit on her lap and be like, hello, human you like master don't you stay the night stay with him he's single and cute you should definitely stay here i'm like what are you doing my cat is trying to get me laid (laughs) that's that's how you know you have a good cat when it's it's actively working to reach your end goal for you
1: yeah absolutely (laughs)
0: brilliant stuff oh man okay cool so there is one thing i did want to ask about um In particular, like, on your site printing money, like, you have this amazing article. I want want to talk about this because it's one that I sent to a friend of mine. And, uh, well, I hope they used it because, like, they went from being broke one week to having some money. It was the How to Make a Thousand Bucks in Seven Days.
1: Yep. Very cool article. That
0: article was brilliant. Like, I'm not going to spoil it, but for the people who want to hear it, I'm going to put the link directly underneath. But it's this amazing idea about how you take what's existent and charge money for it and then build a portfolio around that and charge more money. It's
1: amazing. It's like, it's And it's really so interesting simple. you say that as well because, like, I don't know about you, but I get a lot of people, uh, probably three to five messages a week on Facebook um, from people I've never met before basically saying I owe them something because they know who I am and I need to make money online for them or something to that degree. Most of the time people are quite like civil and nice about it, but you occasionally get someone that's like, I massively owed something and they're, they're talking to you. So you're automatically that person. Um, Wow. And I, I've sent this to a few people with, um, for for that exact reason, because it's, it's really simple. Like the, the title of the article is how to make a thousand dollars in the next 14 days without any idea. And it just shows you like very, very easily how to do this and how um hey anyone can do it. You don't have to have any special degrees or you don't have to have any um yeah, real skills at all. Um it's just kind of prepackaging stuff that you can find out about yourself if you don't already have and then um and then doing it. <laughs> so yeah, th- thanks. I actually forgot that, that was on the site. Um yeah. I haven't sent it to anyone for quite a while.
0: Yeah, it's a really, really good article. And what I love about it, again, is, oh, just go back to the whole thing about people messaging you. Most of the messages I get aren't to do with that. I get, like, really strange messages, like, all the time. I think one of them is, uh, well, I'll give you two of them. One of them has been, uh, hey, I really like your stuff. Uh, could you help me with my business, and I'll pay you a percentage of all the
1: profits? Oh, so, like, what most people think designers do for a living pretty much and then the other Swami logo and then like you get exposure from it
0: yeah i've never really got that i'm like no no no, motherfucker there's, there's a there's a price point on this there's a reason that we do prices um and then there's the other extreme which is i get nothing but like hey you're cute come meet me on this website i get those all the time i'm like why what, what? why would you send me this <laughs> i've actually got a conversation I, I got they it. all go to my filtered messages. Oh no, they end up my, like most of these messages end up in my filtered box. Anyway, it's just I like to go into my filtered box every so often because sometimes like, cool. like business people get put in there. I'm like, oh shit, I was supposed to talk to you on Tuesday. Sorry about that. Um, though my personal favorite by far has been when I get into conversations with women uh, that do send me messages like that because my response is usually, you know, you could totally market yourself better, right? How? Yeah. Well, uh, I've got this consultation thing. Here's my Amazon wish list. Go talk to me for 15 minutes. I'm sure we can figure out a strategy for you.
1: (laughs) It's brilliant. Like,
0: they always go away because they're like, I'm trying to now get them to buy something.
1: It's brilliant. Yeah, interesting. Very interesting. so much more fun. A friend of mine here in Australia does a lot of speaking at different um, business seminars and stuff. And, um, yeah, he's actually been approached by a few girls that were like, They came to him looking for advice with their business, and he ended up like turning them into dates. (laughs) Oh yeah,
0: no, that that's that's actually the thing. Which is one of my what was his name? Uh, One of my old friends, like years ago, when I started speaking on stage, he goes, "Take your girlfriend with me with you," because I had a girlfriend at the time. I was like, "Why?" He goes, "Dude, when you're on stage, it's it's like fishing with dynamite. Women just flock to you and want to just sleep with you."
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Really? He goes, "Dude." I'm not the hottest guy, and I can tell you right now, I get laid all the time. Every time I speak, I go, I go home with at least one girl. And I spoke to my female friends like, no, no, it happens with us as well. Guys just flock to you like the hottest guy in the room. I was like, huh, okay. So the three, the three times I've done any speaking engagements, I've always been in relationships. So I've always taken like the girl I'm with like as my protection there, and mentioned her numerous times while so I'm on stage. <laughs> so it's like. <laughs> They're like, man, this guy must really love his girlfriend. it's like, no, I'm just trying not to get my ass in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing to do with that. Oh, man. Oh, shit. All right, so you know how to do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, right? Yeah. Oh, man, one thing I fucking love. Um, so very much. By the way, thank you for posting the link onto my page. I'll go ahead and, like, retweet. I'll post that again and again later on. Um, there's a position in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and in mixed martial arts known as North-South which is essentially where your chest or your head is on their chest, but upside down. So, like, you got each, each one's feet are on each, other end, each other's end. So, it's basically a north and south polarity with the feet. Unfortunately, yeah. one of the guys I train with, uh, he randomly got to this position where he's about to crank my arm, and all of a sudden, as he's about to crank my arm, comes out with ha, you've just been bagged." <laughs> fucking hate him. Because all of it, like, I, literally, I gotta, again, Facebook popped up on my phone and and it was him, and literally with the words, haha, teabagged you yesterday. (laughs) It's like, I hate you, you're a cunt. You're a cunt. You you really are. You're a cunt of a human being because I'm actually waking up. And to my American friends, I'm British. He's Australian. It's not a bad word over in our countries. I don't know. fanny, Fanny isn't something you sit on. Yeah. I want. Yeah, oh, it, it, it is. Well, it's it's when a fanny sits well, on you. That's kind of what you want. Fanny's something that men ch- chase in Australia and um and in English. And, yeah, basically just another word for vagina, essentially. Yeah, pretty much. I love the fact that how many words there are for vagina in the English language. Like it's just brilliant. It certainly is, isn't
1: it? Yeah, I mean, if you. um... <laughs> How many words there are for sex. That's true. There's yeah. not that many words for like, like penis though. Do you know who Osho is?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Did you see him like talk about the word fuck and no. how versatile it is as a word?
0: No, he did that.
1: Yeah, okay. and it's hilarious just like this just for everyone who doesn't know who Osho is, um, he's like like kinda dundy. Like an old Indian guy. Um who you just wouldn't expect to say something like this and then I'm looking here, it's a four minute and twenty-eight second video about how versatile the word fuck is (laughs) it's it's like the greatest
0: thing ever. Just that's why I was like, no, because I'm like I've I've seen Osho, the dude is a hella old, but B like really wise. But just the fact that he's like dropping the word like (laughs) the word fuck is so versatile. (laughs) It's like seeing your granddad like get on stage and do rap music. Yeah. If he's never rapped in his entire life. That's essentially what that experience feels like. It's the closest one I can come to. Oh, man. But all right, speaking of rap music and stuff, uh, there's a place in London that does rap karaoke. So next time you're in London, you and I are going to that.
1: Um, I'd love to do that. But I'm really not good at like freestyling. Oh no, it's it's karaoke, as in like you rap along to a song. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've I've tried. I've got friends that can. My brain, there's like delay between the brain and the mouth, uh, which is kind of a good thing because most of the time I just say what I think. Yeah. Um, maybe that's what it's there for.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an evolutionary choice. As in, the Sandsmen do this quite often. We need to find a way to stop them being killed. How do we do this?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's, I'm pretty sure, exactly what's going on there. <laughs> so, um, yeah, trying to actually freestyle, um, unless I've really thought everything through before I start saying it, I, I really, I'm so bad at it. One thing that I know about it, I'm not, I'm not poetic at all, and when I am, I don't mean to be. So I, I really claim it. I'm uh, like, look, did you see what I did there? Look, look, look. Yep. Look, everybody, look.
0: Pretty much, literally, just dropped it right there. It's like I don't claim to be poetic, but when I am, I just, I just go with it. Yeah. This is the shit that this is the shit that happens when I get on a podcast. Some people they just turn like super chill, or, or well, he's already super chill, but I mean, like, you turn super chill or really hipster, and I'm like, right now, I think it's the well, I don't call myself a hipster, by look like one ninety percent of the time, and I only say that because they stole my look. <laughs> Which is essentially, I'm walking around in a Spider-Man t-shirt and a black cardigan today. Yeah, well... Like, a red Spider-Man t-shirt, well, it's pinkish, really, but it's like a comic strip, and everyone's like, oh, you're being ironic. I'm like, no, this is genuinely one of my favorite t-shirts. Like, Spider-Man is like, one of my favorite heroes, what the shit? <laughs> like, but you're 26, I'm like, yeah, and? Dude, I'm a nerd. Yeah. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Some motherfucker? I love saying that to people. Oh, but um, kind of like jumping back to it, though. I really want to get, like, a story out of you about what's probably – this is just a question I'm probably going to ask quite a lot of people now because I've asked it two or three times. so it's got a good response. But it's a bit of a complex yeah. one, so bear with me because it's, like, two or three moving parts. So the first part is when you had your first knockdown, like, you know, whether that was when you were living in your car or whether you failed whatever it is in business – when you lost your confidence, that moment of momentum and confidence just dropped. What did that feel like? One, like how did you personally like approach it mentally uh, and emotionally? Two, how did you bounce back from that? And three, how did that become a propelling uh, thing for you to move forward with? Like how? Did so
1: you, you, know, that? you have to you have to try to. That is a big question. You have to just ask me one part of the time. Otherwise, my answers will be convoluted and overlapping no. too much.
0: All right, cool. So let's let's ask start with the first, first one. Uh, which is, you've literally just... You're doing really well, and then you get hit right between the eyes, and you're dropped. So essentially, like how, how, do, how does that, how that feel? feel? Like How did you personally mentally feel?
1: And mentally. Um, to go to go right back to the start in my journey... Um, like I was in high school, I was selling on eBay and anything in the in the house that wasn't bolted to the ground or screwed into the wall that was $100 or more would find its way on eBay. And three or four months later, my mom would be like, have you seen Insert Thing? And I'm like, <laughs> nope, I haven't seen it. <laughs> and more and more, like I decluttered the house and made money from it and she didn't really know. Like I've told her about it now, obviously, and paid her back and felt pretty bad about it now I'm, I've matured a bit but um, I've always been very entrepreneurial and um, straight out of high school I got um, an opportunity put in front of me a network marketing MLM opportunity and in that business I I treated it as like an apprenticeship. I didn't see, like, even though everyone was saying that you're going to be a millionaire and you're going to blah, 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 like selling the dream, which is what what that kind of business model is all about. And I've I've got nothing against that because it gets a lot of people to take action. While everyone was kind of doing that, I was like just absorbing as much as I could. And um, I'd put selling an MLM opportunity um, to people that know what it is or have been burned by an MLM opportunity before as one of the hardest things in the world to sell next to religion yep i think the people in the world that have the hardest fucking job and i have massive respect for them and i'm not i'm not biased to any specific religion so i'm not saying that I, I i like this religion or or not but what i am saying is i have massive respect for them and what they've created and that's the mormons yeah. and the mormons um are known as the best salesmen in the world. Like 90% of the call centers that sell over the phone are based out of Utah in in America, which has the highest Mormon population in the world. And there's good reason for that. And I'm going to answer your question, but I'm kind of telling the story at the same time. So I really want to kind of cover all the bases. Oh, dude, go for the it. Reason, the reason why they are such good salesmen is... Part of their, and I don't know if you know this, um, the the people that are listening, I don't know if you know this, but part of their their mission as like the graduation of, of being a Mormon and part of the religion is they need to leave their friends and family and most of the time travel across the other side of the world and spend two years door knocking and selling the religion of Mormonism probably the hardest fucking job in the world and they get doors slammed in them. Like this is kind of bad. They get kidnapped and and tortured and stuff like it's not a fucking easy job. And like, it's kind of easy to see when, when they've gone to such an, an extreme of having to sell something that they believe in and giving them belief in it by selling it on such a hard, hard stage that when they return back home, or when they return back to Salt Lake, it's it's very easy for them to pick up a, a phone and dial it three hundred times a day, and and get told two hundred and ninety-five times no fuck off. Um, they're they they're almost unstoppable. So, the reason I told you about that is when I was selling in a, in the MLM company, I was calling all my friends. I was like eighteen years old, straight out of high school, probably six months or eight months into the workforce, and. I was at a point where I was like, "I'm just gonna fucking call everybody," and I burned a lot of friends that I was friends with in school. And like, they actually, uh, I got to the point where quite a few of them that were like, "Don't ever fucking call me again," like, remove me from Facebook as a friend, um, and and it hurt, and it felt like something was ripped out of me. Um, it was so grueling emotionally that it made me feel like I was nothing. Like these are people that I'd spent my, my youth with. And these are people that I looked up to and respected and that respected me. And I basically isolated myself and and kind of made myself go onto an island where no one that I knew or trusted really respected me anymore because I had such belief in something that, that I thought was going to be helpful to them and to me. And I'm pretty sure that answers the first part of your question. What did it feel like? It felt unbelievable, and I think at, at that point, when when I um, when I went through that, um, it made me realize how important it was for me to be validated by other people. That I needed people to like me, and like that is the number well, one Instagram thing. thing how- Sorry, phone's completely gone
0: crazy there. Freaking <laughs> hate hating hate it when that happens. Oh, you click on something, and then all of a sudden, I'm going to interrupt the story. Fuck. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> so, like, you're there in that moment where you've isolated yourself.
1: How? I've isolated myself, and I started to realize that, like, the reason why I was in so much pain at that point in my life was because I relied on third-party validation so much. Huh. And without it, I was nothing. Like if people didn't look up to me or see me as a good person or, um, a good friend or a good person, you know what I mean? Like there's all these stories and beliefs that we have around who we've got to be. And if I wasn't like that, then someone wouldn't like me. And if someone didn't like me, my world ended. And that was kind of when things started to unwind and my, my external validation started to disappear. Like we all, I think you could, probably be 50 or 60 years old and you're still gonna have it somewhere but right now compared to back then like i genuinely don't give a fuck if someone likes me or not and just like the 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 one guy who's so good at it who i personally don't like but i respect him for how he's able to do it and that's kanye west he polarizes people you either fucking hate him or you fucking love him you don't like sort of maybe a little bit like Kanye, you either dislike him or like him. And that's kind of where I'm at. Like I I still, to this day, like it was only recently that there was a friend of mine that um, did something that I didn't agree with. And I basically just said, you're fucked. And I don't want to be friends with you anymore. And there's still a part of me that that's like, Oh no, that person's still a good person and yada, yada, yada. But my, my standard for who I am and, and who I have around me is, is, so much different now than it used to be that uh, it's quite easy for me to just cut someone out and, and polarize them. Um, so that's probably a six and a half minute explanation on the first point. It felt really shit. It was one of the hardest things that I ever went through but the growth uh, that it got that it gave me from going through that it's still paying, paying dividends like 10 plus years later. Oh, it would do. I mean, it's one of the
0: it's it's something that very few people really want to admit that they do. And honestly, it's one of the biggest gems I got from being in the pickup world was that I really don't give a fuck how you feel about me feeling. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong; I still suffer from it from time to time. But as it, I think we talked about it last time I spoke to you about my mom. the yeah. older she gets, the less fucks she gives, and the funnier she gets. <laughs> like that woman is just straight up comedy yeah like I still can't believe like sorry to completely jump off the side note here guys but like seriously I gotta tell you the story cause I
1: don't, the
0: yeah I don't think I've ever actually told this on a podcast but um, a couple of months ago well, no sorry it was my birthday it was last year it was on my birthday last year um, shit it's almost been a year uh, she came to see me in London and uh, we were going shopping because you know I like taking my mom out I like making sure that she's taken care of um, and we come out, uh, we come out of the van store cause I was looking at, I was looking at trainers or sneakers to my American friends, uh, and literally we come out and there's this dude who is like, my mom's not a skinny woman. Like she's not tiny, but she's not big. She's like, she's a full figured woman, but she's, she, she's got her shit together. She knows what's up. So in the UK, she's like a size 14, 16. I don't know what that is in the U S or in Australia, but she's got her shit. Right. Um, but we're walking out. And all of a sudden, my mom just, I'm about to say something to my mom, because like, I'm very open with my mom, am like, mom, the guy behind the counter is really cute. I'm about to say that. those That's the intention of words that are about to flow out of my mouth. My mom looks at me deadpan in the face and comes out with, you know what? I really admire fat people. <laughs> just drops it. Now, here's the part where it gets crazy. There's a really, really, really fat dude walking just behind where my mom said this. Like, it's on point. This dude is like me plus you times three. It's really wide. But he's walking. And I'm like, oh, shit. My mom's going to get me in trouble. I'm just going to like try and divert, you know, try and divert, try and divert. I was like, so I start giggling because it's just hilarious to me. But I'm like, mom, you can't say shit like that, you know, whatever. And she literally, my mom, being 49 years old, does not give a fuck, comes out with, uh, no, I really admire fat people. And then starts explaining why. She admires fat people, like because they go out when they should. They can go out when they can just sit at home all day getting fat, and they decide to go out in the world and see. I was like, "What? What the actual shit? This guy's gonna stab me or eat me? I'm not really sure at this juncture, but still, like I'm freaking out." And my mom's literally there looking at me, deadpan. She hasn't even smiled. She's not making a joke. This is her real thought. And so I'm just sat there like, I have no idea how to approach this alright, I'm just going to like try and keep distance from this other guy and just giggle by myself and be like, mom, you're crazy, I love you, but seriously. <laughs> Again, as she gets older, does not give a fuck about stuff. She that, that entire day, she dropped like two or three more gems. I can't even remember them, but it was just in the moment of like how deadpan she is when she does it. I'm like... Yeah. I don't think she's aware, but these are her real thoughts and they're really fucked up and hilarious. I'm gonna write them down. Um but jumping back into it though, like you, the next thing that I was gonna ask you was like, so you've you've understood uh self well not really self actualization, but in a way it is, that you don't you know, the less fucks you give, the better your life becomes.
1: Yeah, and on that note, um like before I answer the, the next question, there's um a really I'm just finding it now. There's a really good um Article by Mark Manson um, called "The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck," yeah, and it's a ten read. Have you read it? Yeah, it's a brilliant. It's a twelve minute read, and it's fucking brilliant. Like it could it could not have summed it up better. So I've just I've sent that to you. Please put that below. Like they'll love that if they if they get, if they're vibing with what we're currently talking about. Yeah, for sure. Um, man. um yeah. So the next question. <laughs>
0: so the next thing that we're going to go on to uh, that's the second part of this big ass uh, question is um, so we've already covered like where it was like when you were at your lowest and how you felt and stuff the next part would be uh, how did you recover from that essentially and you've, you've already kind of answered that you answered both really so I've just got to jump onto the third part which is how did you use yeah. that to propel yourself forward um, to go do the next thing like the next part, the next part of your path that created who well, you are. I
1: think, I think that um, I answered that as well, but I'm going to go deeper into that. When when stuff like that happens and it cuts you so deep, it um it forces you to grow, and I mean that's why we're all here. Um, like for those listening that haven't made a million dollars or haven't built the business of their dreams, um, what you do realize after you make a lot of money and do it really really quickly is that life is nothing more than like a big test, a big shit test. And, um, it's always testing and forcing you to grow. And genuinely generally you will see people who complain, whinge and moan, the complaints, whinging, and moaning that they're doing is about all of the challenges that if they embraced it would give them the growth that they need to move past those anyway. Um, and that's why like entrepreneurs, business owners, people who are committed to personal growth and, um, committed to making something of their lives, they genuinely don't have people pulling them down or complaining or staying in one spot. That's why, um, they have a lot of friends that do similar things to them, um, rather than like a lot of average Joe friends. Um, so I had a really good point. I just lost it. That... (laughs) It'll come back to you. It'll come back. So, um, we'll circle back to this. Yeah, so
0: ask me the question all the time. It's The question is, so how did you use the experience that you had to propel yourself forward?
1: Yeah, so that, that that's it. Exactly. So the way that when you're in that situation, the way that you can handle it is you can either push through and ignore your emotions, ignore your feelings, or you can submit to them and it'll take you deeper and it'll allow you to push even further than you could ever imagine. See, there's kind of two ways to do things. Like you can use emotions. Emotions are driving all of us, whether we want to believe it or not. Um, And emotions are there as like your emotional guidance system. They guide you through different things. And the deeper you submit to them, and the deeper that you are un- like you're allow- allowing them to be there, rather than forcing them to get out of you, the deeper you're able to go, and the the stronger you're able to move forward. So my my belief in in going through that really painful situation was if I had just gone to like and read a book on NLP and sucked it up and just like reframed it and pushed past, it would have actually made things worse, and I might not have gone down a the path that I went down. But in that moment, I took the time to submit. Like, I remember it hurt, and I remember that I probably cried. Um, Having people that I looked up to and respected a lot, and that respected me, then losing those people uh, will really hurt anyone. And I remember that it was quite a painful time. And to have someone that you look up to, and this is like multiple people, like tell you, don't ever fucking call me again because you've called them so many times about an opportunity. It's horrible. But I then submitted to that completely, felt my feelings, felt my emotions, felt the pain. And then because I felt it instead of avoiding it, I came completely to terms with it and I was comfortable with how it felt. So it didn't control me or own me anymore. And then the next time it happened, it didn't hurt nearly as much. Like it might've hurt like a third of what it did the first time and then so on and so forth. And that's kind of like the overall theme of what we've talked about here. Like when we're talking about entrepreneurs and living in their cars before having success, I had to go through like a lot of emotional shit that I had to submit to that felt like it was going to kill me. And, um, for those of you who have done work on your ego or, um, any spiritual work, um, you'll know what I'm talking about here. I went through three or four ego deaths, um, which is as painful, if not more painful than actual death, but you don't die. <laughs> yeah. Cause you gotta live with that shit. It's... <laughs> That's, yeah. that's actually why I like doing breaks. feel like part of you dies because it is, it, it's a, a part that doesn't serve you anymore in wherever you're, you're headed towards. So yeah. Um, Oh fuck. Even just talking about this, I'm feeling emotions coming up. Like I love being able to share this because it, it's kind of this stuff that you don't really hear from people. You hear motivational shit, but you don't really hear the raw behind the scenes, like the number one factor from people not achieving their dreams or their goals is, is, um, not feeling their emotions. Yeah. As strange as that sounds. Mm. And I, am sure there's many people listening going, the fuck is this guy on about? Like, this is like opposite of Tony Robbins. <laughs> this is like, this is not what Shark Tank says. It says you got to do a good pitch and, and, and nail it first time. Um, and yeah, that is part of it. but, if you aren't able to play the game of life internally, how the fuck are you supposed to present yourself to people and ask for money externally?
0: I thought you were the literally going to say Game of Thrones there, but that's true the as game well.
1: Of life, the game of life is lived internally before it's lived externally.
0: I love that quote. I'm totally using that. Next time yeah. I use that, it's like, so, the game of, so my friend Mitch Sanders says, uh, the game of life <laughs> is lived... It has to be first lived internally before it's lived externally. And Unless like, you've be down as well. Some uh, like one day a wise man once said, and then by the third time it's like I used to say and have always said. <laughs> just because, sorry. A friend of mine, Ryan, always says that. He jokes about saying that if you find a quote, just randomly do that. I was like, no, but he's kidding around, so we always have fun with it. But going back to the ego death thing, this is quite. Uh, Important, which is why I encourage so many of my friends to do Brazilian Jiu Jitsu or some form of martial art. Brazilian Jiu Jitsu in particular, because I never used to be a ground fighter, my whole thing was stand up and like Muay Thai. But as soon as, like, the first time I grappled with a friend of mine, uh, he tapped me out repeatedly, like, mercilessly tapped me out. (laughs) Like, to the point it was like a child fighting an adult, it was so bad. Uh, And I, you know, I was like, I can, I did okay, but I didn't do great. This guy was like on a whole new level. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to go, go learn this stuff. So I did it with him and I started like training in different classes. Now I'm in love with the damn sport. Um, But what he said to me was that every time I tap you out, there's another part of uh, your ego dying. Absolutely. Because if you don't tap out, uh, you're essentially dead or you can injure yourself quite badly. And I thought, you know, who the fuck doesn't tap out when they get caught in class? I mean, at a competition, you know, what's it's for the world title or whatever, then yeah, you know, by all means, go out on your fucking shield all you want. But we're in class right now, and we're just fucking around and playing. That is until I met a dude at my gym, who I'm not going to name, but um, he's like that. Seriously, like, I forget every single time how heavy this guy goes. It's like every time yeah. you roll with him, he's fighting at the world championship. And it's like, dude, we're in a class of, like, eight people. Yeah. Be quiet. Start fucking around. And the only reason it's quiet is because, like, it's, it's at 7 o'clock in the morning on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, homeboy just goes, like, straight balls to the wall. I'm like, calm the fuck down, please, because you will hurt yourself and you'll hurt me in the process. Because, you like, when you fight him, just mentally, like, the ego death there for, like, on my side is that yeah. I have to learn not to let, rise to the occasion of wanting to hurt this other human being because they're hurting me. <laughs> That's like my level of ego death that comes in. But at the same time, it's like, crush this motherfucker. I'm like, no, <laughs> don't crush him. You can crush him, but don't. It's, it's, it's always crazy. Now, kind of jumping into like my favorite part of the show, which is what I love doing, and that is um, asking you for what are the best three pieces of advice that I could get from you for people, just to preface this, for the people that are that want to be on the in a day job, but really they, they know they're an entrepreneur, like that's what they want to pursue, they want to start their own thing. Entrepreneurs that are stagnant, uh, meaning they've hit a plateau, and entrepreneurs that are struggling, um, moving either to the next step or getting consistency. Like, what piece of advice would you give them? Like, one each or three
1: general pieces they can all use. Um, three general pieces. Could you just write them down? Um, just so I can, like, read them. Or oh, just sure. send it to me in a, in a message for a second. Uh, as in the question? Yeah, okay, yeah, so. and then I'll just answer them one one after another. So just okay. write the first one down, like, in Messenger or something, and then I'll answer that and just write the other ones down. Yeah, I'll do it on um, Skype,
0: so just give me a second. Uh, three piece of advice. Before, you,
1: before you're doing that, I'll just explain. when um, When I answer questions that are deep, I don't like to just start mouthing off on the first thing that comes to mind. I like to actually, because I'm a very intuitive person, and I guess the reason why um, I'll kind of explain while, while Adil's sending me these, these questions, um, I've my personality profile is ENFP, so I'm very extroverted and intuitive, and I, I genuinely... I genuinely, I always, dude, you're, you're an ENFP. Yeah, I'm ENFP. Hey, high five. Same here. High five. Nice. That's why I'm like, I'm extroverted, introverted uh, with my intuitive extroversion. Um, and it's like, I get massive energy from being around people and being able to, um, interact with people. I get a lot of energy from being by myself and with my thoughts and stuff as well. So it's it's kind of a complex. I I I guess this is why we um we can relate quite well because it's such a complex profile that like it's kind of a mindfuck a lot of the time. Um,
0: oh yeah. Um. Because I, <laughs> I I jump between ENFP and ENFJ like it, the FP and FJ like switch every so often. Um, yeah. But seriously, no, it is, like, it is probably the most complex personality profile out there. Not, not to put anyone else down, but seriously, try going through well, a situation where you're like, I love being outside and around people. And then 20 minutes later, you're like, I really want to go inside and just like hug a pillow or something. It's yeah, the weirdest absolutely. feeling. It is genuinely the weirdest feeling. Or because people, uh, well, this is something that I did find out quite recently. We're essentially known as ambiverts, meaning we're hmm. both extroverted and introverted simultaneously.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I completely chemical. agree with that. It's like a daily thing that I occur with. Yeah. Uh, like I, I, I go up against it. like even I've, I've got ways that I cope with it. But I remember a few years ago when I had to do client work, um, if I didn't feel like doing it, I wouldn't get on the call. Mm-hmm. But I know that if I get on the call, Within the first minute to a minute and a half, I'm like so excited to talk to the client. It's just the, yeah, it's it's really interesting. So the yeah the reason why, um, I wanted to I wanted to read these these questions is so I can fully understand and give you my in, intuitive answer rather than just mouthing off for a few minutes. So, the first one is is uh, what piece of advice do I have for entrepreneurs that are in jobs? Um, when, I was, when I was an entrepreneur working in a job, I found it quite difficult because I had so many ideas outside of the box, but whenever I went to my managers or my bosses that, that I'd always get cut down. And I had, I had, um, and I'm sure if you are listening, you're an entrepreneur in a job, and you can relate to this quite heavily. I used to have a lot of foresight with um, with problems that would happen in in businesses that I worked in as an employee, but because of my age, um, like I haven't held a job for since 2008, which is eight years ago. Um, so I was like 19, 20, 21. I didn't have the authority to give my boss's advice because of my age. And it used to really frustrate me because I'd tell them, hey, this this problem's going to happen in 30 to 60 days, and they'd be like, look, Mitch, you are on 15 bucks an hour or 20 bucks an hour. I'm the boss. I created this business. I know what's right, blah, 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 blah. And I'd always have to go up against that. And, and it's very, very challenging. What I found that was really helpful for me was to work on projects outside of work, which ended up taking kind of turning into time spent at work. Um, because the majority of, um, jobs are structured with whether you realize it or not, they're structured with about 20 to 30% of productivity to be thrown away. Meaning if you work eight hours a day, you've probably got two to three hours a day, of Time that if you work really hard and got through all of your tasks so that you don't get in trouble You're probably got about two to three hours of time that you can spend yourself on your own thing um, While you're getting paid uh, working For someone else now some of you probably think well, that's not really that ethical um, But when you when you really piece it down to something very simple you're being paid to fulfill a task And if that task is done then why shouldn't you spend time doing things, rewarding yourself for being intuitive or intelligent enough to be able to do it in thir- uh, two thirds of the time instead of the full time that you've been allocated. So um, I'd just say look at look at ways to creatively get your work done and out of the way so that you can spend more time doing things that you want to do, working on a business, working on a side project, doing some consulting work, doing some um, some uh, contracting work. Um or figure out ways how to outsource your job. <laughs> this is one thing that I never actually got to do. But um, the last job that I had, I, um, I was looking at, at getting a second job. Um, this is like 2007, 2008. And that second job, I worked out that I could hire someone um, in the Philippines to do 80% of it. It was going to cost me probably 12 rand a year to have that person. And then um, it would take me the other twenty percent of the time that would get added to my workload, but it, it would net me an extra seventy or eighty thousand dollars a year, and a second a lot of benefits and <laughs> all of this sort of stuff. Sneaky so Mitch. it's always <laughs> very sneaky. I never got to actually do it, but I started to plan ways to do it, and it's all about looking at um, looking at jobs and looking at different things creatively rather than um, being like box thinking, like there's there's only – you can only do things within the confines of what it is. And and ways to do that is like um, our, our, we've got a big problem at the moment in Australia. Again, this is a very long-winded answer, but I'm probably going to end up answering all three of them all at once. We've got a, quite a big problem in Australia with Gen Y um, right now, which is like 20 to 30 years old. Um, and they're complaining that housing affordability is – It's too hard for them to buy a house because houses are so so expensive now and they only earn X amount of money and their parents and their grandparents had it so much easier um, back then and there and it's so hard to get a job. Uh, But you've got things now like Airbnb where there's countless stories of people renting three or four apartments and renting them out via... like, So they personally signed a lease for three or four apartments or three or four houses and then they rent out rooms in each of those apartments or houses on Airbnb and they're making a thousand bucks a month, 1200, 1500, $2,000 a month by spending a bunch of time on a computer booking and, and, and unbooking stuff. And this is after the place gets clean. This is after the place gets new towels or clean towels and all that sort of stuff. They've figured out a way to do this without any of their own money down and without having to actually leave the house. So, um... The thing that I would encourage entrepreneurs in jobs to look at is if you are skilled in a certain area and you're struggling to find work, apply for jobs, but go to them as a contractor. So the biggest thing that that hurts businesses, especially in Australia, I'm sure it's the same in every every other part of the world, is if someone is advertising a job for $100,000, that costs that employer about 130,000 a year total in benefits and stuff and um, pay as you go tax as well as um, in Australia, they pull the tax out of your income before you actually get it. So there's about 30 or 40 grand um, that, that they have to pay just to have that person employed and paying them 100 grand. So if you can go to that that job provider and say, look, um, I'll come in as a contractor for 80 and I'll work three days a week. <laughs> do, do you get what I mean? Like you, yeah. you're able to get them their result and save them 50 grand a year Like and do that two or three times. Like that's six days a week of working, but two or three times is $160,000, $240,000 and yeah, like then, then you've got a, a one-man show that you can start to bring staff on and start to expand it out. Like that's just kind of one little idea of finding work that's not actually there. And and that's where the frustration for me about Gen Y is like, oh, it's so difficult to get work. It's so difficult to create income. It's so difficult, blah, blah, blah. I can't live on 500 bucks a week, blah, blah, blah. Like what what um, you said at the start of the, the um. The podcast is uh, the article I wrote where you can have zero skills and you can make a thousand dollars in the next 14 days. Like, there's sites like, um, I'm trying I'm kind of to preach in the choir, there's sites like um, freelancer.com and odesk.com and all these different outsourcing things. There's people making a lot of money and working full time jobs and having families. It's all about your perception of do you really want to just complain to people about it or do you want to actually take. Take life by the balls, make something happen, and um, and be in control of your own destiny.
0: Yeah. I'm so, not a huge fan of uh, – sorry to cut you off there, but like, I'm not a huge right. fan of our generation, which is Gen Y. We yeah. It's kind of like – you. Uh, I, I don't know about you, but I always look at them whenever they complain and go, Bitch, please, I was in your shoes, if not worse. You're doing better than I was, and you have all these extra benefits and all these advantages, yet you don't see them. Yeah. Like, um, I, I know for a fact, like at this exact present moment, my credit is still shot to shit because of all the crazy mistakes I made in, my, in the last six, like, six years. <laughs> I'm like, I'm still recovering that shit. And then I've got a friend of mine that's like, yeah, I hate my life and all this. I was like, uh, but dude, you, your credit ratings, like you can pull out 20 grand from the bank anytime you wanted. That's Absolutely. easy. That's easy for you. Me, I've got to like, I've got to make 20 grand in order to like be able to go to the bank. You just can go. Hey guys, uh, can I have twenty grand? They're like, Yeah, here you go. To your credit, limit. like, go, go, exactly. you know, Fuck off, eat a steak and run up a hill. Eat a steak and run up a hill, and then I'll talk to you. But anyway, um, that's neither here nor there. So moving on to the next part of the of the uh, of the advice, because now you've actually covered entrepreneurs and jobs. It's now entrepreneurs that have plateaued. Yeah,
1: the next the next two a little bit that kind of went into a bit of a rant yeah. stage. So <laughs> it's okay, and that's my own rant against like Australian youth and, and yada, yada, yada. But um, the big thing, like I'm not, uh, before I say this part, I'm not, I'm not a copywriter and that's not what I do. A deal is the man for that kind of stuff. But I do have skills in, in coaching and helping people who are entrepreneurs get unstuck because yep. I've been there, done that. So before I, I thought I'd do a little shameless plug before <laughs> Before I actually jump into explaining how how you can pull yourself out of that, I thought I'd just say that um, on the Printing Money site, there's an about page. You can um, you can submit your info there, and if you do want to do some coaching. But the big part for entrepreneurs, and I talked about it before around my racing career, is we get so stuck in doing the same thing day in day out, and hitting this invisible deadline that we continue to add to after. Like we hit a deadline and then we're like, oh, well, that's just deadline one. And then there's the next launch. And then from there, there's the launch after that. And then we've got this new product and we've got this book that we're writing and yada, 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 yada. That is what makes you stuck. And then you look at um, – I've got friends that are actually going through this at the moment. But because they're friends, I can't help them. I can give them advice, but they don't listen to me because there's no financial exchange happening. There's something about when someone pays you money and you give them advice versus giving someone advice, even if they've asked for it, and they haven't paid for it. Even if they love you, know, know you and trust you. Uh but what you'll find, especially if you're stuck, is you start to do the, the destructive behaviours. You might uh, go out on a binge and try and sleep with as many women as, as you want. Which there's nothing wrong with that if you're doing that because you enjoy it. But trying to try like doing that to try and avoid your emotions and more, avoid what's going on in your business is very destructive. Um, drugs and alcohol are a massive one. And over the years, I've spent time. I'm, I've never really been a big alcohol drinker apart from going to parties and clubs and stuff like that. But I won't regularly drink. Um, But I've always enjoyed different drugs to take my mind into different places away from the stress of the business and to help me kind of relax a bit. And that's okay if you're doing it for the fun of of taking the drug. But if you're doing it because you have to get away from your business or from the things you're stuck in, that's when – there's a problem, that's when you have to start looking for solutions outside of yourself. And again, it comes back down to something really simple. It's so simple that the mind, when it hears what I'm about to say, it's going to be like, no, nah, no, nah, nah, I can't do that. That won't work. That's too simple. It's, it's, it's so basic. There's no way that that would actually work. And what that is, is it comes back down to accepting our emotions. It comes back down to submitting to feeling what we need to feel And then once we've submitted and accepted what it is we need to feel, it no longer has any power over us, it can no longer control us, and it allows us to go and move forward in whatever area we want to. And I've helped a number of people through these type of emotional blocks, which are very simple to get through, but are so fucking painful if you leave them for long periods of time um, without, without actually making anything happen. Uh, so yeah, I'd just say for, for entrepreneurs that are stuck or you've plateaued a bit, um, look at your life, make sure you're having fun. Make sure you're doing at least one thing every day, whether it's walking your, your animal, whether it's a dog or a cat, whether it's going for a bike ride, whether it's going for a drive, whether it's calling your parents up or your brother or your sister up and having a conversation, do something that you enjoy that is only for the enjoyment of, of fun every single day. And um I didn't actually explain fully why I started driving um, and doing that as a as a kind of outlet for um for fun. I got to the point where I was speaking to my coach and he said, "Dude, you're not having any fun." And I started driving, I started drifting cars. And this is kind of this really sets the context of where my mindset was when I was running my business. I spent the day drifting and I think I ended up spending like two or three hundred bucks in tires and fuel and um, entry to the track. And then I spoke to my coach and I said, um, Mate, yeah, I had a good day. And he's like, Well, what do you mean you had a good day? I go, Well, I, I had fun, but it was really unproductive. And he's like, What do you mean it was unproductive? I'm like, Well, I spent money, I didn't make any money, so it was unproductive. <laughs> so you can start to see my life was very much about in in versus out in in being the investment um and out being the return and if i couldn't see a return on an activity that i was doing i couldn't actually see benefit in it and i think a lot a lot of entrepreneurs that i've spoken to have fallen into the same sort of boat and it's very easy to to get very deeply caught up in it um and then the destructive behavior starts and so on and so forth. So that's my advice for entrepreneurs that are stuck. Um, If you want some help, more than happy to to do a a free consult with you. Um, If you want to just action what I've said, that's probably going to be easier for me because then I don't have to do anything. Yep. But (laughs) what that advice is, is like look at why you're stuck, accept the emotions, submit to them, and then they won't have control over you anymore um and and i guess that's really that's for the struggling entrepreneurs as well which is the third the third um piece of advice like it really just falls under the same two the same category for those two two um questions really
0: yeah that's the that's the thing i like asking it because you always 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 (coughs) get an answer that you need it's it's brilliant yeah. and as soon as i saying that i just cough because you know that's that's the that's the douchey thing that i do from time to time <laughs> fucking hate my body at times all right so dude it's been absolutely a pleasure having you on the show i hope i can get you back on the show at a later date where we can trade some more stories uh hopefully it won't be a six-month playing game unless it is then we're plan- be- let's start planning it now
1: <laughs> No <Absolutely>. year's bitches. like <laughs> <Late> 2018
0: yeah <laughs> Oh, it would be fucking awesome. Oh, by the way, uh, just a quick side note. Dude, I'm performing uh, – I should be performing stand-up in about three weeks again. So that'll be a lot of fun. I'll
1: take video this time and uh, FaceTime it over to you. Awesome, man. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, And I'm looking forward to actually seeing you do some stand-up in person and, like, laugh – being the loudest one in the crowd. I've got a really loud laugh oh
0: that would be fucking hilarious not even on stage to be honest I think just us hanging out would be a constant laugh we should not be allowed to operate motor vehicles while we're actually hanging out though it's like don't sit in the same car why? because we will crash why? Adam will make a stupid joke Mitch will end up laughing pull a drift move and then all of a sudden it's like did we just did we do something crazy? I think we did okay cool (laughs) Or the other way around where I'm going to fuck up, so it's fine. But anyway, dude, it's been absolutely—it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for being so open um, about everything, really, because I know it's like one of the bigger things that um, very few entrepreneurs really want to do is get
1: vulnerable, and I'm glad that you took the time to be vulnerable. Um, well, the last thing that I'll say before we sign off is the, the irony of being vulnerable is the scariest thing as an entrepreneur is to be vulnerable, but once you submit to it and accept your emotions... <laughs> It can't have any power over you. So I can be vulnerable and someone could use against me what I've said and it just it genuinely doesn't make me give any fucks, any more fucks than I normally would. <laughs> yep,
0: that that sounds about right. Plus also people kind of flock to you the moment you become vulnerable and real. Want to be Absolutely. Around. It's one of the best things. You know, I can.
1: It's really interesting you say that because I've noticed that there's – a lot of different people on Facebook and social media that try to be vulnerable and you can see that it's not real and like they get like three or four likes on their post and then you get other people and I'm not really wanting to use myself it as an example but you get someone genuinely just this week's been shit, this is all this stuff's happened and I've been forced to basically bend over and take it and in doing that, this thing has come out and I got this new client and now things are amazing and wow, I'm so glad I submitted to that. And it gets like four or 500 likes and 100 comments and everyone's like, oh my God, that's amazing.
0: Yeah, it, it truly is. It's like, it's scary when you, again, submit to that kind of thing. You get so much support and so many people come out, not come after you, but they look after you, which is- yeah, certainly do. Yeah, it's, it's so- insanely crazy what happens um but yeah dude totally totally there with you and you just remind me i need to message someone this morning to thank them for having my back when uh, when they did but, right, dude, I'm going to speak to you real soon. Guys, go check out printingmoney.com. And Mitch is doing, like, a free session with you. <laughs> Don't fuck around. <laughs> Literally do it. Seriously, I'm not kidding. Because, like, the dude does not do free for anything else. I think he just threw that in because he likes me. Um, So go there. Dude, check it out. And your
1: people, are, I'm sure, get lots of value from
0: it. So thanks so much fuck for yeah. that, man. Fuck yeah, they will. Dude, hell. Um, If I didn't already have the ability to actually get Mitch on the phone for an hour and interview him like this, (laughs) then I would totally sign up for a strategy call. I'm kidding. I'm probably going to do that anyway at some point because I fucking love picking this guy's brain. It's so much fun. Um, Though to be fair, it's going to have to be a point where I'm actually serious with some stuff because about a 10-minute call with Mitch, I I get about two or three laughs out of him and he he does the same. It just turns into stories. Absolutely. Dude, fucking awesome having, love love having you on the show. Guys, go check out printingmoney.com. I will see you on the next episode of the Adam Marcy Unplugged show. Seriously, bother this man. I don't care how you do it. Just bother him constantly go, <laughs> not, not so much like Mitch, help me, make me money. Just like Mitch, can we get on a phone call for a strategy call so then we can do some crazy shit together or like can I, that can help. Because trust me, whatever he gives you, whatever he charges you, if he charges you at all, pay it because you will make that money back in like rivers of Of income, it's it's just almost guaranteed. The moment you take action, he knows what he's doing, and you will actually make a result out of it.
1: Absolutely, and I'll give I'll give um, add all my um my drifting racing page as well on Facebook, and also my normal Facebook page. So feel free to add me and send me a, a hello message. Um, if you if you do add me, and yeah, looking forward to to meeting meeting you all in person or at least having a chat.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. All right, take care, dude, and thanks, guys, for being here. Thanks for being here, Mitch.
1: No problem, man.